Thanks for listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine Podcast. Remember, you can hear the show every weekday from 9 to noon right here on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Live from the heart of Atlanta, Georgia, and beyond, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. I am your lovable, huggable, mid-morning chat host, Eric Von Hessler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. Man of a thousand voices, Tim Andrews. Lady of 184.7 characters, the always highly viscous co-host of this show, Autumn Fisher. The man behind the glass, George Clark. And the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto. Happily celebrating National All or Nothing Day. <laughs> you got to put means, it all in today. That means that all or nothing. So I can take the whole day. I have a choice here. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have to choose to uh, go all in. But if. I, but I can't choose just to go a little in. I can take the whole day off. But if I choose to engage at all, I got to go. 100% right from the jump. 100%. That the way this worked? Yes. You either you're in or you're out. There is Tomorrow, no. Tomorrow's now or never day. Yeah. I just, this is becoming too much. It's becoming stressful. <laughs> Maybe I just want to, you know, lightly engage socially today. Sorry. Who decides? That's too bad. The internet says you cannot do that right now. In fact, when I go deeper into the trend here, it says today, on this day, people break free of everything holding them back. No, they don't. No, they Today don't. allows no, people to don't. throw caution to the wind and go for no, broke. Yeah. No one ever does that. I couldn't do that yesterday, Eric, but I can today. <laughs> yeah, today's I'm gonna, I'm the day. I'm going to that crime I've been thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. I, I know uh, for men, because I'm, I'm one of those, and I know how the, the male brain works. I don't know so much about how the female brain works. But I, how could I say this in an FCC-friendly way? There is uh, about... Uh, 2.5 seconds uh, in in a in a man's world day where uh, he actually can forget about everything, just everything goes away. But it only lasts like 2.5 seconds, and I'll leave it to the adults in the audience to understand exactly when that happens. <laughs> it's uh, there's a lot of foreplay that leads up to it, but it's it's all for 2.5 seconds of I totally forgot the world and all my problems, and oh here they come back in again. <laughs> you get that long <laughs> like two point there is that moment of okay this is um the body's rattling around and i'm not thinking of anything good bad or otherwise and then you get like i at least my experience is like two and a half three seconds of uh pure bliss and peace and then immediately all the angst of the world comes rolling back in very quickly so i don't think anybody for an entire day Unless they are a sexual champion is uh, getting away from their problems. I love when people say things like that. Oh, I'm just going to get away from all my problems. How are you going to do that? You going to get a car? Heroin. I'm going to change my zip code. <laughs> yeah. Heroin seems to be a choice. Works for me. Uh, it, uh, it, 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 as they say about heroin, it works until it doesn't. Yes. Well, then, <laughs> then you just take it, more. Yeah, well, and, and then, and then you don't wake up else. the next day. <laughs> well. And then it's all over. Aww. That is true. Worry about. 
Yeah, I think that's putting a little bit too much of a positive Eternal spin on it. bliss. I have to say, that's a little bit of a positive twist. I'm on, an optimistic uh, <laughs> addict. <laughs> She's the optimistic addict. Yeah. So, <laughs> as addicts go, you know, not bad to have a conversation with. Still, don't turn your back on her. No. She'll steal everything. <laughs> I'm just going to help you out by rock. killing you. <laughs> a very violent uh, rhetoric this morning. It's going to be better Fisher. for you. Hey, lay it, go on, lay off. Three people got problems. Yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, people do have problems. Uh, bad news for Jerry Yamamoto coming right out of the uh, right out of the shoot today. I see this story right before we went on. It's from the Seattle Times. I believe that they are in Seattle. I, I think so where, too. Washington? Think, are they still located? No, 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 no. Not, not, sure. not Seattle, Washington. There's no way to I know. Mean, <laughs> not Washington D.C., Washington, Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. Uh, the Seattle. They. Uh, they basically, in the Times of Seattle, that's what it's about. They have a study in there says, uh, this is bad news for Yamamoto. Having just four drinks a week changes your brain. Oh, what? Now that, now that leaves you open a little bit like, well, maybe it changes for the good. Turns out, you know, possibly not. They <laughs> finally did uh, a, they're claiming that these studies have not really been done so far. But uh, so basically it says, hey, if you're one of these people at the end of the day, one cocktail just to you know, unwind, it may actually be affecting you. Now, listen, I say take all of this with a grain of salt because it seems like you can prove anything if you uh, word some sort of study or what you're looking for uh, in a certain way. But this one claims that it leaves more brain iron. What? Brain iron. Like Isn't ironing iron good your, for your brain. Blood? What's that? Isn't iron good for your blood? Well, listen, everything's about everything's about relative. Okay, so, so too much it, iron. Yeah, I from what I've seen, this is a very short article. It says that it, it increases the amount of iron in your brain. It makes my brain and, stronger, right? You know, it coats it in yeah. iron, right? Yeah, they say iron sharpens <laughs> iron, but in this case, <laughs> iron makes you a little less intelligent. Apparently, uh, they could have done some brain iron connections to uh, Alzheimer's and things like that. That's still kind of open ended, but. Uh, now they're saying, hey, the alcohol, the alcohol is good. You are going to iron your brain if you don't watch out there, Jared Yamamoto. Or maybe you drink so much that you just blow past it. Yeah, yeah I think I passed that point. And also, yeah. I mean, and, and this, this are sounds... Are you arguing against moderation then? Uh, th this sounds so <laughs> Hey, it is all or nothing. Yeah. Either uh, go, either <laughs> just, you're, you just don't drink at all or you just go full on Jared Yamamoto. With, with my wedding coming up, coming up in well, October, well, I've done a really good job of not drinking as much during the week. However, on the weekends, though, I mean that that four number is ridiculous. It's more well, like, uh, like a, ten, oh, yeah. maybe yeah. more what than about, that. No, it's absurd. What it's, about those articles absurd. that say you're supposed to have like three glass of, gl glasses of wine a week or something? Well, yeah. that's why I'm saying that you have to take all this stuff with a grain of salt. Don't necessarily believe any one of these articles. The fact of the matter is, there's so many variables involved in your own personal DNA. Probably yeah. has an awful lot to do with it, but these are just generalizations. Yeah, well, you see this all the time. That's a great question. Uh, if you, in your news aggregator, just click on different surveys and studies and things that have been done over the over the years, yeah, you'd be completely confused because one yeah, says, "Hey, eat more chocolate; it's good for your heart." The other one says, "Chocolate's killing you. Stop eating it. <laughs> Drink more alcohol. Light drinkers make you a better right. person, and yeah. people love you more. Uh, <laughs> even moderate person. drinking will kill you." I and 
your brain will be full of iron. See, my, when you get you get too much iron in your brain, your head gets so heavy it's difficult to pull it off the pillow oh, yeah. in the morning. It irons out the folds in your brain. I, I, that's I, not good. I read nobody one, wants an iron in the brain. Yes, I read Ooh. one yesterday that said falling asleep with the TV on can kill you. Yeah, of course it can. How? I don't. Well, first of all, let's point to the facts. An awful lot of people have had heart attacks in their bed while their TV was on. So that's fact number one. Ah. Yeah. See? Sleeping in a bed could lead to death. Being alive leads to death. Well, it is true. Too much science. Now we're back to my suicide thing. Let's Birth is, uh, or, or let's say, life is a gateway to death. Yeah. Yeah. It can't happen. Well, you can't die unless you're born. Well, so this is why you start pre- at the beginning. There. You preach yes? moderation in all things. So my philosophy, at least on Saturday and Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, is you know, moderation in all things: tequila, gin, vodka, beer, and whiskey. So that way, you know, you're, you're switching it up. You're going <laughs> yeah, between none all of those. Them. You're not in excess on any of them. Uh, exactly, just a little <laughs> bit of each. So that way, you're good. That's your cocktail cocktail. Yeah. This is his like stand up routine. Yes. Like, my boss told me I need moderation, so I moderate to kill Well, he you know, his comedy stylings can be found, I believe, every every uh every Tuesday evening. Open mic he, night at the, uh, the Laughing Skull guy. Lounge, yes. I believe. From the seventies, that guy that was always just a drunk guy. What? Who's that comedian that was always just drunk on the stage and he was always pretending? Oh, I know you're talking about Victor Borga. No, no, no. It's the other guy, Foster Brooks. Yeah. Ah, yes. I can't believe you remember. Huh? He's the new Foster Brooks, Jared. <laughs> I can't believe Foster you Yams. remember Foster Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> no, I can't believe that you remember that. That's, uh, yeah. He was just like a guy who would show up on the Tonight Show sometimes. And... I think I saw him on a Johnny Cash special. Well, that's about where you'd see him. Along yeah. with that guy who's like, you could call me Ray, you could call me Jay. <laughs> but you didn't have to call me Johnson. Blast it. By the way, as far as references go, I don't. We have an open mic where somebody compliments Tim on a reference, and I still don't get the reference. So before you play it, is it something super nasty or something? Is there like I don't I don't know what the reference is. So Tim, well, I gotta I, hear it. Okay, I'm gonna play the open mic for you, Tim's, and then, then well, you're... I know, but I don't want it to be like and find out. Oh yeah, he referenced this Nazi who killed nine billion. I, I have no <laughs> idea who this person is, so I don't know if I should be laughing or whatever. But I, go ahead. I think it's a comedian he brought up, but here it is. I was listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine Monday, and Tim Andrews dropped a Toby Radloff reference, like it was just sitting in his back pocket, waiting on it, Tim. Damn, man, that was awesome. And I don't know how many other people got it, but it was hilarious, dude. I'll tell you who got it. Autumn got it because she's the guy from uh, American Psycho and MT... Wait, American Splendor. (laughs) American Splendor and MTV. He's the nerdy guy. Who I we think sounds like Janet Yellen along with? Yeah. Oh, okay, all right, okay. That's that's. I thought the, I thought that was from Office Space. Well, they're, it, they're similar. It, it turned into that because that's the more well-known reference. All right, but okay, now I think when we first played that months ago, I texted Autumn Tim. Did, and thought, yep. Yeah, I was like, that's to- that's Toby Radley. All right, okay, and well, that's been explained. Ask. Yep. Harvey, and those answered? are nerds, and they're fighting back. It's revenge of the nerds. That's what I, I did on Monday. Myself uh, yes. This is not an economy that's in recession, <laughs> but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. Boy, if that isn't if that isn't the voice 
of comfort in these difficult times. Boy, this is, hey, listen, I know that inflation is going crazy. I know you're paying over $4 a gallon for gas. Everything you're trying to buy costs uh, you know, way more than it did just six months ago and more so even a year ago. But remember, uh, if, you're, if you're getting all angst-ridden about this, remember, this is the person who is uh, in charge of fixing the economy. Play that again. This is not an economy that's in recession. But we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. It reeks competence. I'm blanking on the full name again. What is it, Toby? Radloff. Radloff. All right. So we'll do the uh, Toby Radloff, Janet Yellen, straight up AB comparison. (laughs) Let's go. uh, Let's go Toby first. This is genuine nerd Toby Radloff. And I want to talk about what I wear. Sure, some of you yuppies may feel offended that I wear polyester, but to me, polyester feels comfortable. Sure, a lot of people like to wear blue jeans, but to me, polyester feels better. All right, that's good. That's Toby. And now let's have uh, <clears throat> Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen. This is not an economy that's in recession, but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing i don't you feel good listen i know we're going through tough times when you hear voices like that it's got to comfort you because a voice like that doesn't come out of an incompetent person i know it's hard to make these calls just because somebody has a smooth voice doesn't mean they're competent but when you hear this is just when i hear janet yellen that just to me says the cavalry's on the way don't worry about it we won't be paying these prices for much longer we have the best minds on this one. Thank Don't you, Eric. That's why I wear polyester dresses. <laughs> a lot of the people in the federal government want me to wear gingham, but I prefer to wear polyester. <laughs> Janet Yellen, you do you, because that's what's best for us, I think. I don't think uh, I find a problem with that at all. In fact, if you have your money in the bank, make sure you take it out and put it in your mattress because that's the best way to keep it from being stolen. Life hack. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you You're for very the, uh, welcome. We should do life hacks with Janet Yellen. <laughs> Inflation tips. If you with, can't uh, find a can opener, just use a giant buck knife. That's what I do. <laughs> and then I cut around and make sure that I don't nick my fingers. And then I dump the blueberries or whatever that are in the can into a bowl. And then I put granulated sugar on them because sometimes they're too sour. In real life, for real. Have you ever had that moment where you just really need you need to get into a can of something and you just cannot find the can opener? Yes. And you pull out the uh, the butchered knife or something. <laughs> cut your finger Hammer off. in that thing. The most dangerous. There are 19 <laughs> ways to cut your fingers off while doing that. When the can can do it, the knife can do it. Uh, there's a stability problem when you're pounding that damn thing in there. But I want both pork and beans right now. <laughs> I am not allowing the fact that I do not have a can opener. When the, when Eric wants his pork and beans, Eric gets his pork and beans. And also, I've thought it through. If I lose a finger or two, it's all worth it. It'll end up tasting like the pork and beans, so it won't matter. Just make sure you remove the bone. <laughs> Always with the great life advice, Janet Yellen. Thank you. But I said I don't care if they lay me off either because I told I told Bill that if they move my desk, one more time, then, then, I'm, then I'm quitting. I'm now, this is a different and, person, and I, I, right? Yeah. This is Milton from Office Space. I, I think Milton is closer. 
Let's just do Milton. Play okay. Milton again. Okay. I think Milton, they're both very close, but I think Milton is uh, has more yelling in him. But and I said I, I don't care if they lay me off either because I told I told Bill that if they move my desk one more time then then I then I'm quitting. I'm going to quit. And and I told Dom too because they've moved my desk four times. All right. Okay. Now and now Jerry Yellen. Yellen. Oh. <laughs> Here's Jerry Hold Yellen. On. This is not an economy that's in recession. But we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. Have uh, no one's gone after your desk or moved you around from uh, President, office to office? President yes. Biden came into my office and took my calculator, and I said, "Well, how am I supposed to calculate the way inflation rates are going to go up, or if we're in some sort of recession?" Which is why I decided to say that we're not yet in a recession, <laughs> and if we go into a recession, I will burn down the building. I like the hilarious uh, thing that's been going on with Yellen and and also Jerome Powell, I think, where suddenly the last couple of days are, well, it's not technically a recession. Let me tell you something from my family life, okay? Let's say we have, uh, we don't do this as often as we used to, but back in the 80s and 90s, every once in a while, the the, the family clan would get together for big cookouts and stuff. So uh, the, the large extended family would be there. And when it's my large extended family, there's going to be a few felons here or there. Uh, <laughs> a few people between uh, prison stays. And quite often, you're going to hear somebody, when talking about their last arrest, say something like, well, technically it wasn't against the law. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have Jen. Listen, if you have to say that, then you're breaking the law. If you, if you ever have to say, you know, well, technically speaking. Yeah, I mean, White House economic advisor Brian Deese said that yesterday. Listen to this. Certainly, the, in terms of the technical definition, it's not see, a recession. See, the technical what? definition considers a much broader uh, spectrum. Yeah, uh, it considers a much broader set of things. <laughs> and, well, normally we don't go to that set of things, but we're going to open that book up. <laughs> Technically, hey, it wasn't technically against the law. And I'd be sitting there with some relative I hadn't seen in a number of years, nodding and smiling and thinking, you know, they probably can't put this person back into prison quick enough. <laughs> Just the fact that you're telling me that technically, I've never had to say that to somebody in my life. I've never had to split hairs and go, well, you know what? Technically, Technically, it wasn't against the law. I didn't shoplift. I technically yeah. didn't shoplift because I didn't really lift it up. I just kind of slid it into my pocket. Yeah, listen, I, I happened, I walked out with some items that I hadn't paid for. Right. Yes, but technically. <laughs> Certainly, the, in terms of the technical definition, it's not a recession. The technical definition okay. considers a much hey, broader. All right, hey, listen, America, do you feel better? You're not in a technical recession. You're just in a country where everything about the environment that you live in feels like a recession so you may be in a recession and you may be paying way too much for gas and groceries and everything else today but always look at the bright side of things glass half full at least we're not in a technical recession so jared yamamoto take a look for me what is the Mega Millions Lottery up to now? Oh man, it's. I don't know what the what the top line number is, but it's getting to the point where, I think if you accept the cash out, which is what I would do, I talk about it a lot. I wouldn't rely on the state for twenty five, thirty years to be there for me. I'd take the cash out. It's getting to the point now where that is f- going to be like maybe five hundred million dollars. It's eight hundred and ten million right now. Yeah, so you're gonna probably cash out for almost five hundred million, and then. Uh, 
well, would you pay taxes on that, or is that the, the stuff before is taken? No, then you pay taxes. So you could actually end up with 300 clear, <laughs> $300 million, which is a lot less than the top-line number, but uh, at my age, it's all, all I would need. So when is that? Is that tonight? Or I don't follow it is this tonight, stuff. Yes, but I know people do, and I try to have a <clears throat> excuse me relevant show to people who all want to become rich for no good reason. Well, it's Isn't relatable content. It's relatable content, yeah. Eric. It yeah. is relatable content because we all want to get wildly rich without lifting a finger. Is there any dream? <laughs> and and I don't know if this next if our if uh, if our next segment can help you do that, but I do know this: if you want to retire. Uh, this dude can help you retire, and he's also amazingly handsome. Let's do this. What's the market doing with Money Matters, Wes Moss? I just did West some math. Moss. Good morning. I did some math. Eight hundred yes. million, and then if you take the full cash out, it's the let's just call it round number five hundred. You're gonna pay at least forty percent in taxes, right? Top federal rate is thirty-seven, and then you've got your state. It's probably gonna be more than that, but let's just call it forty percent. It's going to be about two hundred million in taxes, so five hundred million then becomes three hundred million after taxes. We take the good old fashioned happy retiree four percent rule, yes, on three hundred million dollars. That's twelve million a year divided by twelve months. It's a million bucks a month to to be able to take the cash out. And I'm I'm referring to the four percent rule, which is essentially a mathematical and historical context that says you can take four. To between four and four and a half percent, really between four and four and five percent as a guide in on your initial retirement amount day one plus inflation. And you have about an 80, 90, 85 to 90 percent chance that your money won't run out for at least at least 30 years, which covers most retirements. Yeah, yeah. If, you're, if, you, if you retire at the normal time and you, still, you live beyond 30 years after that, I think pretty much uh, the state steps in and they put you in a coma. So <laughs> you naturally pass away. I like the way you jumped right in there, Wes Moss. I get the feeling that uh, you really want to embrace economics right now because my understanding is you just drove all the way from Michigan with four kids in your car straight through. And a dog. And a dog. So that is... Oh, you're one of those people. By the way, do you clean up after your dog at the rest stop? Do you clean up after your dog at the rest stop? Or do you just walk him through the woods back oh, there on. and jump back in the car? Hypervigilance. When we walk Cody anywhere, I have two bag, two bags tied onto his leash in case I have to pick up two. Yeah. You're ready. I'm ready. I like that. I like I that. Really, Measure I, twice. Is, Measure is. twice. Cut once. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. You bring the right attitude to it. That's why I have nothing against dogs. I kind of think they're cool, but that's why I can't be a, a dog owner. I cannot walk around and publicly pick up the waste of another animal. I can't do that. That's just, to me, you so like to humiliating. You in the privacy of your own home. Well, that's kind of <laughs> impossible to do because then the dog's going to the bathroom in the privacy no, that you have of my a cat. own home. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I can deal with cats because they right. take care of that until they get old and sloppy. No, and you then have you to take care of it. You have to take care. You have to pick up their poop, but you do it privately. Uh, well, my wife does that, so really, oh, I don't. Wow. Really have to, I don't have to deal with it at all. <laughs> but hey, nice, we have uh, our different responsibilities. I thought hey, I thought that was your responsibility. Uh, it was oh so long ago, but we had a renegotiating. And, you know, we've been together 35 years. Once a, every, every seven years, we kind of reset. And <laughs> I think that it was Wes Moss who gave me that idea. He said, hey, reset. You don't know. It's been 35 years. Doesn't mean it's going to be forever, right? You got to be ready, Wes Moss. By the way, a nice thank you. And I think it was either I told the story here on 
Von Hessler Doctrine, or it was on Sunday for Money Matters about my dog Cody getting into he his only real flaw. He is a very nice, lazy, easy dog, and he's very sweet. But he does eat pretty much anything, and he'll eat. He ate five tacos once, still in the tinfoil, and then that's a problem. <laughs> and then you got to go to the vet, and you're worried that you, they can't pass it. And I had all these great calls and messages from folks that were saying, oh, give your dog hydrogen peroxide so that they get rid of whatever they ate right away. So a lot of nice concern, WSB listeners, with some advice. And by the way, Cody's totally fine, passed oh, everything without having to have surgery. God bless. Thank you for the concern. You know, I think it's hilarious whenever I see a dog food commercial where they talk about how 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 the quality of the food, like how it's actually they're going to enjoy eating this more. A dog will eat anything. Yes. So I'm not saying as far as quality food, get make sure the sustenance is in there, make sure the nutrition is in there. But as far as gourmet, don't think it's necessary. Don't think it's necessary for a dog to have gourmet dog food. Uh, but, you know, that's me. I'm not a dog person necessarily so uh how do you feel do you feel better today west moss since uh people in the government are saying like janet yellen saying that uh technically we're not in a recession do you have that you want to play that very quickly this is not an economy that's in recession but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing Yes. Okay, so they're changing. It seems to me, Wes, correct me if I'm wrong, they're changing the definition of recession because as you and I have known it for the last hundred years, it basically means uh, a shrinking GDP for two straight quarters. That's basically what most people think of recession as. Am I wrong? That's what I learned in economics, the uh, uh, economic school. It's what I've, I've talked about here on the radio. I think we have lived through three different recessions since I've been on WSB. And that's always been the definition, two negative quarters of GDP. Now, tech. Now, we don't have the full answer yet. Now, the, the, the Atlanta Federal Reserve tracks something called GDP Now, which is a, a almost a real-time version where they're going to take in, they're going to look at housing, they're going to look at employment, et cetera, and they're going to, all the components of GDP, it's, it's consumption, it's business spending, it's, it's government spending, it's net exports, those are all the, the, all the pieces of GDP, and they try to get a read on where it's going to end up at the end of the quarter. However, you've got 90 days. You've got a, a quarter is 90 days of, of the economy in the United States, and it takes a long time to get the final calculations. So re, so technically, no, we're not going to we get go. the recession numbers for a little while. We're, we're going to get a first read on second quarter, I think tomorrow or the next day. But as far as the Atlanta Fed is saying, we're negative 1.6% in Q2, which would make negative Q1, negative Q2, which means we are technically in a recession. <laughs> as what? it's been understood up to this point. Isn't that easy to figure out if you're smart like we are? Janet Yellen. Yes, Eric von Hessler. You have got to uh, stop moving the goalpost here and deal with the fact that it's quite likely that we are in a recession. Well, I don't want to say that we are technically in one when we can navigate around and say that we're close to it, but not necessarily. I don't care about your policies. Just hearing you speak comforts me. Thank the you. The voice of competence. He appreciates. You know, that. guys, uh, Biden was asked about this, too, yesterday. We're getting GDP numbers on Thursday. How worried should Americans be that... We could be in a recession. We're not going to be in a recession, uh, in my view. We're fine. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> is that some? Was that? It sounds like was that some sort of Zoom thing? Because he's still yeah, big? yeah. He's still at home right now. Okay. Well. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> 
That guy's the president of the United States. You realize oh, that, yeah, Wes? Was, uh, <laughs> come on, man. Do you, <laughs> do you think that he believes that, Wes? Do you think that he believes that, what he just said? Listen, maybe they say, look, from now on, you've got to be a full negative, too, each quarter in order for it to really count and feel like it's a recession. So 1.6 doesn't quite negative. One six doesn't quite get there, so maybe they move like the goalposts. That's like saying, "Your Honor, Your Honor, <laughs> if I don't cut the person's head off, it's not murder, right?" I mean, it's just like, well, up to now, murder is just that you've ended the life of another individual, but now I'm changing it, Your Honor. <laughs> My understanding of murder is you have to cut the person's head off, and I didn't do that. But this is just changing the rules after the fact, right? I think that um, I think Americans, a lot of Americans, feel like we're in a recession. It it, it with Inflation at nine plus percent and gas at four, five, six. We're as Americans, we're having to cut back on certain things. House, housing really is is very unaffordable. And I think that's about, on purpose. We've talked about that, right? It, it, the Fed wanted that's the, they're trying to cool off that market, especially to to uh, rein in inflation, right? Well, it was unaffordable because of all the inflation and because of all the supply and demand imbalances because of COVID, and then we had lockdowns, the change in value of homes, the perceived value of homes, because you can now work from home, has increased the value of homes across the board. And it's really, really tough. When you, when you get the median home price in America at something like $435,000, median, oh. it's yeah. tough for, imagine being 23 out of school. It's tough to get out of, it's really tough to go buy a house in America. Yeah, but, but I mean, there is a certain degree to where they want, it's not good. What the Fed is doing is they have to make up for the mistakes from a couple of years ago. And that means that they're going to have to inflict some pain. We, even if you if we get to this mythical soft landing, um, it means that we're going to have to keep on ratcheting up the rates. And, and, and as a part of that is you're going to cool off markets like the housing market. And basically, you want people to change their behaviors for a little while in order to get this inflation. Um, they're going even like they understand at the Fed, a recession, we don't want a recession, but it's, it's better than not doing anything about inflation. We have to get inflation under control. That's the priority, right? Exactly, because it could get even worse. That, that's the problem. If you have inflation run this hot for, let's say, another six months, and it's unbridled, unchecked, then it'll spin the economy into an inevitably worse recession. Because at some point, people just can't afford to continue to spend. If you can't spend then companies that are trying to sell their goods and services can't increase their earnings. The stock market goes down. Then you have a wealth effect or negative wealth effect. Then you end up having people cut back or pull back even more. And then you get into a negative sentiment spiral. And then the housing market hit takes a hit. The job market takes a hit. Earnings takes a hit. So it becomes self-fulfilling. And I'm going to throw you a curveball here, but I'm looking. Uh, have you have you been following the WWE situation? You know, in terms the, of the payments, something like what, 14 million in payments? Yeah. So it's been found out that Vince McMahon has uh, paid 14.6 million dollars in payments uh, for alleged misconduct. Most of that being Me Too stuff, right? And I'm assuming these were NDAs. I don't know how it came out. He's 76 years old, um, but he is now uh, he's stepped down. He's actually he's not running the company anymore. He left it to his daughter. And another person, I think, her husband, co- Triple H. Yeah. Oh, oh, those two are married. Yes. So it's uh, it's it, it belongs to them now. Now, uh, very quickly, Wes, 
something like the WWE that so much of it was built under this one person's guidance. That's a publicly traded company, right? So when so much of it is under one person's guidance, is there danger to that stock for a while? While people say, okay, this, this new bunch that's running things has to prove to me because the growth of the WWE under Vince McMahon was stellar. So does that does the, do you think the stock takes a little bit of a hit there? Well, listen, I, I again, I don't own that stock. I would just say that ev- almost every time any sort of company, large or small, has a big leadership shakeup, it takes a while for people to feel confident again and for that company to kind of get back their sea legs. Well, all I got to do is just pay John Cena another gazillion dollars and he'll come back for a few matches. <laughs> like in between, you got to get all your superstars back in the ring, right? Until we figure this out and uh, make investors happy. We'll be back. Not a lot of time here with Wes Moss. Interesting article that I read about... Uh, have you, are you familiar with sextortion? I've, been, I've actually heard about it on the news here, WSB Radio. Sextortion cases against CEOs, celebrities explode. And there's a story that's told in this uh, New York Post thing uh, about a guy who was a big-time CEO. And uh, basically, he found somebody on one of those websites, like Sugar Daddies. <laughs> You know, kind of thing. And uh, so it's all above board. It's like he gave this person like $40,000. I think I don't think that's a smart place to be if you're a CEO of any company uh, going on sugar daddies. Because what happens is, uh, I don't know if the person's married or not, but you give, you make yourself highly blackmailable. And right now, it's happening an awful lot. So a lot of people could just be like, yeah, I want to get this. I want to get the CEO, and then we'll do our thing for a little while. And then after it's over, I'll come back and tell him I'm going to ruin his life unless he uh, gives me uh, a whole bunch of money. That's what's going. That's what sextortion is, right? I, I do like how Eric slipped in. Uh, it's all above our board. He's, like, he's on a sugar daddy, is the site, and it's all about board. And then... Yeah. <laughs> No, actually, my point is this. I think it's a pretty stupid thing if you're a CEO to be going on sugar daddies. It's it's insanity. I mean, it's right out of an episode of Ray Donovan, for God's sakes. I mean, it's like, I better go help out. (laughs) Basically, I'm going to open up because you wouldn't be on sugar daddies if you weren't married, right? That's the idea, right? So you've got a lot of money. You have a high position. You're married. You make your, you just you can't deliver yourself into the hands of a potential blackmailer. So CEOs, come on, you got a bunch of money. You ought to be able to have real. I guess the idea was I don't want a mistress because that's like a second wife. That'll come back to haunt me. <laughs> As if giving people reasons to blackmail you won't come back to haunt you. The music says we got to go. West Moss, let the audience know when they can listen to you right here on WSB. Yeah, this weekend we're talking about teachers' retirement from nine to eleven here Woo! on Money Matters and uh, Sundays nine to eleven right here on WSB Radio. All right, I listen. You should too. Hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. Am I correct in my assessment of reptiles that they do not have, they're not emotional creatures, right? They don't really have emotions. Well, what about crocodile tears? Well, no, that's just a phrase that says your tears are as big as a crocodile's, but you're full of it. Okay, so crocodile. And you're a reptile, so I don't believe your tears. <laughs> he is cold so, to the touch, that Jerry Yamamoto. <laughs> I say this as a warning to people who like to keep reptiles as pets 
Now, when you have a dog and a cat and things like, I think pretty much mammals, mammals are emotional, right? To a certain degree, or at least you can see some sort of back and forth. As far as I can tell with reptiles, they don't have feelings. They're just instinct, right? They're just instinct and they have to survive. But then people choose to have them as pets and they, th and they don't understand that the reptile doesn't, it doesn't matter how long they've been in your home. If they get a chance to kill you, just out of instinct, they'll do that. Whereas maybe a dog, you feed it, it there's some sort of warmth. Some sort of <laughs> you don't emotion your dog, that goes back and forth. You. <laughs> Says here, uh, well, that's true. Man dies days after pet snake wraps around neck. Right. Well, how big? How big? Uh, you haven't introduced me, but how big was the pet snake? Well, I will introduce you. You know what? We'll start Toodle Pip with this. Let's do this. It's English Nick with Toodle Pip. Toodle Pip. That, uh, this is, it's funny this you bring this up because that little girl you just heard there had her sixth birthday this weekend and we had a reptile party. Okay. And they, bring, they brought expect. the, bo brought the really boa constrictor over and all this stuff. But you don't bond with, you're not, not going to bond with a reptile. I, you, you know bond what? With they, a, can I tell uh, you? Can I tell you something? I think yes. we're talking about domesticity, mm -hmm. like an animal being uh, domesticated versus an animal still being wild. I think we're assuming that these reptiles, because they were raised in captivity, that now they're domesticated when they're not. Because they, I, I, And I say they can't be because they're reptiles. Well, I don't they, think it's because they don't have emotion. Come on. What kind of emotion does a, does a well, snake just, have? Well, I have an answer. Just, I think a snake is like, oh, man, I'm having a bad day. I have an answer. A yes. According to Dr. Sharman Hopes, who is a clinical assistant professor at Texas A&M, he says the main emotions that reptiles have are fear and aggression, and they also demonstrate pleasure when mm. stroked or offered food. There you go. Okay, See? but that's all instinct. Uh, that's all just Basic, responding. Yes. That's just responding. Emotion is some sort of memory of attachment to something else. And pleasure. over time, but pleasure is easy. If somebody scratches uh, you in the right place, you don't have to be. I remember, <laughs> I love that. Uh. You, can, you can treat a pit bull in the right way and it will be a good dog. But if you abuse it, then that's what it's going to remember and that's why they fight. Right, because they are there. I don't know. Is it is it just mammals? I'm thinking about this. Is it just mammals that have that ability to sort of bond with other birds? Like, do. I don't think. No, no, birds. Yeah. Birds bond. Birds do bond. Do Bird reptiles bond? bond? Do snakes have friends who are snakes? <gasps> like, oh, that's my favorite. At the, hey. at, probably. At the conservation <laughs> at the conservation place where these reptiles come from up on, on Roswell Road, when you go to that place, they have several snakes that are in the same place together and they get along. So maybe they do talk about the yeah, day. Yeah, but that along, might be because there's not a each other. for food. Hey, have you seen yeah. the price of McDonald's? It's eight thirty five <laughs> since the recession. <laughs> this Biden doesn't seem to be able to get anything right. Hey, semi fall your snake. <laughs> they have to separate the other snake because of political differences. Yeah, yeah he's he's a MAGA snake. Yeah. They, they do not. Not get along. The turtle voted for Trump. They don't like him. Ugh. All right. Uh, English Nick is here to give us some Toodle Pip stories. So uh, let's have some Toodle Pips. You know, if I was still a fan of the royal family, which everybody knows I'm not anymore. This um, is Stop right there. Yeah. This is new. This well, is a few to months be, ago. I've known you for a while, and this rejection of the royal family seems to have something to do with this latest jubilee, and it just really turns no, you off. It was now we don't have a lot of English uh, folks uh, on on the show, so you, for the most part, I would say were ambivalent about the royal family. Yeah. I wouldn't say you were a great supporter, or but now all of a sudden, every time uh, the 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 the, uh, the 
Stories subject come up. comes up, yeah. you 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 say, you know what? I've I've t- I don't like the royal family, and basically, you're one of these English people now who wants to get rid of the royal family. Yeah, now, off, right? off with their heads, I say. Get rid of them. Whoa. Now you yeah. don't mean that. No, of course I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I just think with the whole Meghan and Harry thing and... Just, um, I did see Kate at Wimbledon, and I, I did have a lot of time for her at Wimbledon. She's always great when she does that. But yeah. I, I just think that, uh, I don't know, the Prince Andrew thing and all that. Well, you know, that. here's the thing about that. Now, the, 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 I'm glad you brought that up. This has nothing to do with Toodle Pip, but this uh, Gislaine, is that her name? Maxwell? Jelaine, yes. Jelaine. Okay, she, uh, she got 20 years. Okay, now she was basically, uh, I don't guess you'd call it kind of a, not so much a, Pimp slash handler for Jeffrey Epstein, if you will. Yeah, uh, yeah she Trafficker. brought the she brought the girls in. She made she took care of the logistics for all this the stuff that was going on <laughs> on Epstein Island. And okay, she got twenty years. Good. All right, she's paying. But have you noticed? See, I don't see your Prince Andrew, who, if we believe the stories, will have actually bedded these women. He's not in jail. Also, again, with reporters who seem to have no <laughs> curiosity. Uh, was it Gislaine, Ghislaine, whatever? She goes, she gets 20 years. If you had good reporters, the immediate next question would be, when do we see the proverbial black book? When, yeah, why? why uh, hold on. Are you telling me you're putting her in jail without knowing names? What if- and if you're putting her in jail and she deserves to be in jail, how come the people in the book that were on the island that did the deed, uh, they're not going to jail. They're not going to court. They're not, uh, are they, this is a good question, and I'm not asking you, English Nick. I, I'm just putting right. it out there. Why aren't they doing are a there, deep dive on it more? Are there no names that are known? Because that should be the only answer no, as to why no one else is going to jail. Not, <laughs> not one name is known, and you don't need to worry about it, and he's yeah, dead Bill now, Gates. so be careful. This is Bill Gates, right? Not Patrick Mahomes. No, it's Bill Gates. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, as far as I know, never went to Epstein Island. I went there 22 times. Uh, yeah, what happened yeah. with Heidi Fleiss? Didn't she get into a ton of the trouble and not... You know, yes, yes, but she was. We're, we're talking about, uh, yeah, the same kind of thing happened there. But same I thing. believe, I believe that everybody was of age. With yes, her. and she was. She a was madam. just a. She was an old-fashioned mm, madam. Different. So, uh, yes, same kind of thing. But when we're talking about underage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds. It seems to me, I don't know how you got the evidence to put her away for 20 years and not have names. And it would be nice to have just a couple, a handful of reporters in this country who would know that their next question, don't write the 50,000th article about how Maxwell is doing in prison. Write the first article that demands to know who are the names. Yeah, who's next in the chain? What? You should be a reporter. Well, I'm not. Uh, I'm not good with the follow through, but at least I'm self aware. I could see. Well, Eric I'm just saying. I feel a- like you. You could go into a a room where reporters are standing and waiting to yeah. be, you know, their, for their questions to be answered. You're like, what happened to the? Na-? You know, you could do all the things. <laughs> think about. I mean, it just seems like it'd be a good if you, because uh, it's a good question for her twenty years. Now, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Is this a show trial, or is she in jail for twenty years because you have names? And, and, and if she went to jail, what did she go to jail for? Because she was offering these women up and that's it? Or because these women were actually abused? Because if it's the second, then who are the women and who are the men who abused them? Travis. It's just, I really, yeah. I, I don't understand why there isn't curiosity for things in this world from the reporters of the Money. world. Where did COVID come from? 
<laughs> yeah, here's nobody the, cares. You, you always nobody see, cares. You always see the gangster movies where one guy takes the fall for the other tough guys, right? He goes yeah. down. So maybe she, maybe there's ah. money changing hands, and she's not a snitch. Yeah. Maybe that's Yeah, it. but 20 years? Yeah, I mean, she's going to be long 80 time. or something, but she's got to be in her 60s. 20 is not long enough. There is a book. A judge has said that no one can see it, and they've gag-ruled gag it, so you're not allowed Why? to gag order. Well, the questions are, that if a judge says no one can see it and reporters don't make a stink about it, guess what? No one's going to see it. Right. But uh, then the judge has to go on the record. Why can't we see it? Okay, I want 17 good arguments for that. Because I, I got mean, paid not... by Charlie Sheen or someone, <laughs> Bill Gates or whoever, to it's not show it. Best to just ignore it. Yeah. No, seriously, man. When, when any 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 time there's abuse involved with what could be possibly children, then you should go to the ends of the earth to find out who these people Didn't are. Didn't Prince Andrew pay? He paid some. Money. He paid the girl. Yeah. yeah, the one in the picture. So 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 is she in jail because she doesn't have the money to pay? Because that shouldn't be the reason. That, that no, if, she, if she had the money to pay, she wouldn't be in jail. Probably. She set it up. She set it up, but allegedly he did the deed. So Here, she's oh, in he jail sweat, and he's remember? not. What? Remember, she said that he was sweaty and gross, and he was like, yeah. but I don't sweat. I don't sweat. Yeah, he doesn't sweat. Well, let's take that into <laughs> a court of law. Let's take yeah. that into a court of law and see how a jury responds to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that maybe, never happened. Maybe Prince Harry's memoir that's coming out before Christmas will blow the whistle on all this stuff and ruin oh. the Royals' uh, Christmas. It won't be so a happy now Christmas. You're rooting, you're rooting for <laughs> Harry and Meghan. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a copy of this as soon as I can. You want this to destroy <laughs> this royal family once and for all. Have you missed any of today's show? Well, do not worry. You can stream or download the full Doctrine podcast on WSBRadio.com, the WSB Radio app, or any of your favorite podcast providers. Always brought to you by our friends at Findlay Roofing. Also, the amazing Doctrinaires have podcasts as well. Feel free to check out new episodes of Radio Labyrinth and the Popcast, both of those with Tim Andrews, PowerPod, Jared Yamamoto's uh, podcast, and Greg Russ and Autumn Fisher get together for one topic. Also, uh, Doug Turnbull uh, has a great NASCAR podcast, Five to Go, with Dan Elliott and others. All of those available in all of the podcasting, downloading places. And if you want to see me, you can see me on the TV this Sunday, 1229. Cast 12, 3, Cast 4, Georgia 5. You'll be uh, pulling the balls. I, I don't touch them. I just talk about them when they drop out. I got you. You can't, don't you can't put your touch. sweaty hands on those things. It might no, no, no. Order the that wouldn't outcome. be right. It creates a friction that then would affect the machine. You don't mm. want to do that. No, you're just there because if you weren't there to tell us the numbers that were on the screen, <laughs> nobody would know. Don't right. tell them the, that. It's good money. That's the service. That you <laughs> that provide. They crossed my mind the last time I was there. Well, you can see them on the camera. Do I really need to tell you hey. what they are? Check your site privilege. Not everybody can see. Yes, so you're, exactly. You're, hey. you're there for everybody. You're a All great right, ball handler. More, you got any more? Yeah. Uh, one of the best ball handlers in the business. Oh, yeah. Right there. Oh, yeah. Very <laughs> gentle. touch him. No friction. Um, Frictionless ball handling. That's this English nick. Smooth. Seems unbelievably, but he can do it. He's talented. What else you got in Toodle Pip? I got a study that says millennials don't stray very far from when they, where they grow up, when they you know, become adults and move on with their lives. They stay pretty uh, close to mom and dad. That is... Doesn't necessarily surprise me. Um, I, I, anecdotally, I have seen that uh, with uh, with the younger set. This is millennials, not Gen Zers. Right? Yes, yes, millennials. yes. Gen Zers haven't been out long enough to 
to figure out. Yeah, the study going. the study found that by the age of 26, more than two thirds of young adults in the U.S. lived in the same area where they grew up. As uh, it, it used to be, you wanted to get away, but there's a lot less of that now. I, I, uh, I think Autumn's definitely a, an exception. I mean, she grew up in in Atlanta and Loganville, and now she's up in Maryland now. So she yeah, moved far I know, away. but she didn't. Get, I well, followed I don't a dude. Know. Yeah, she followed a dude. But her parents moved to be with her, so you know. But I'm an only good. child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I just think in, it used to be more of wanting to break away and break free uh, than than there is now. Also, I think you don't necessarily. You know, pretty much because of, I don't know, this may seem stupid, but uh, because of the online thing, people just feel more connected to the world now. Whereas, you know, in the 1970s or the 1980s, if you wanted to go see another part of the world, you really had to go. If you wanted to meet people from another part, you really had to. So maybe people just feel more connected, interconnected with the whole world, and that allows them to be a little comfortable. Or, you know what, here comes that word again, perhaps they've just been mollycoddled. <laughs> don't say that. I like that and, word. And, uh, and, uh, and they just don't want to get away from... Because we do have this weird sort of uh, adult childhood thing. It started with Obamacare, where you could stay on your parents' mm-hmm. insurance uh, until you're 26. <laughs> when I was when I was like thirteen, <laughs> when I was thirteen. The idea the idea of being twenty six when I was thirteen to me was old. Oh sure, <laughs> and we sort of changed that. Used to be by twenty six you were on your second marriage, yeah. and uh, wow, you know, now, now forty is moved, four- moved up the line and the. Uh, Things have changed. I'd say the goalposts now are like 40, 45 are now considered. Okay, now you have to start being an adult a little bit at that point. What? Yeah, wait. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, uh, 45. Yeah, yeah 30, 30 is the new 21 now. That's what they say now. Your okay, 30s are your new that. 20s. I don't like that. I am so sick of that. 30 is the same old 30 yes. that 30 has always been. Now, the people who are 30 are people now. So they're different from people who were 30 then. But uh, it doesn't matter how much orange juice you drink or how many vitamins you take. Uh, 30 is still 30. There is no 40 is not the new 30. These are things you say to yourself to make it seem like you're going to live forever. But you're not. 30 is 30. <laughs> you mentioned 40 it. is 40. 50 is 50. The people who are 30 at any given time are modern for their time, which means they don't necessarily have a lot in common with people who were 30 a couple of generations ago. But 30 is still 30 on the lifeline timeline. Sorry to say. Yes, English name. Yeah, you mentioned the technology and the internet. When I first moved from England to here... It did feel a lot more cut off than it does now. Like I can just dial up my parents on the FaceTime now, yeah. and it's you know. So, you can. Uh, how, how many times a week do you dial up your parents? Not as much as I should, but I try a couple times a week. <laughs> <laughs> a couple times a week. You know, if I day. dial up my dad's in a bad mood, then I may not yeah. dial back for a few days. Oh wow! Did you take it out on you? No, huh? that's just no, like being I just, home. That's great. I just I just feel bad. Like, one day last that's week, my, my mum felt bad. Was feeling bad because my dad was in a bad mood because there was something wrong with his hearing. Yeah, and uh, so I just I'm going to give him a couple days. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> if you got him a second house out here and used American financing, that would oh. be helpful there. Oh, okay. That's just oh. a, it's not a real suggestion. He's just trying to seg me into doing my live read, and I appreciate that. According to recent data, Americans have an average of three credit cards. Each of those has a balance of over $5,000. It doesn't end there. Plus, two store cards, each with a balance of almost $2,000. That is a whole heck of a lot of money tied up in credit cards, not to mention all the interest that comes with it. Do me a favor, 
Let's not do that anymore. Instead, call my friends at American Financing, America's home for home loans, for a free mortgage review. You can talk to them about consolidating your high-interest debt into a mortgage at a more competitive rate. If you choose to move forward, uh, you may close in as fast as 10 days, and you could delay two payments. Pre-qualify for free by calling 404-836-4292. That's 404-836-4292, or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182334, All right, we're getting very close to the 2022 Carathon, Thursday and Friday. But you can beat the crowd. You can pledge your money. And we have uh, certain gift items, I guess you would call them, but they're really events. So go to wsbradio.com forward slash Carathon to claim your spot at one of this year's exciting events. Of course, all of your money will benefit patients at the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorders Center at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. And we have a few different things. The prices are out there. So I'll throw you, uh, is there, are there still seats available, tickets available to the live broadcast from Legends Distillery? Jared there are, but that has been hot right now. Literally, we... Uh, we those are going quick. We might have to create another one because those are going so well right now. But that, those so, are available for $300 per couple. Per couple, so a pair of tickets for three hundred dollars, and you have to you you have to get a pair of tickets, right? There's no single tickets available. That's I correct. Think. Uh, so there's that is out there. The uh, attending a Braves game with Clark Howard and myself. What is the price on that? That is three hundred and fifty dollars for uh, for a pair of tickets again to go to and Clark Howard's there. I'm going to come join you guys this time That's again, right. and hopefully. hopefully it's always yeah. I don't, hey, I don't want Jared. Yeah, don't come on. That's not that's not red light a green lit project for heaven's sake. And uh, then is it a hundred dollars for the pub crawl? Yes, with sir. You and English Nick. That's so, right. We team up with Bar Crawls USA for that. They've been an amazing partner for the last three years, and they've uh, we've grown from. You know, it started with about like five or six of us, and now I think last year I believe we had about fifty five that went on us last year. So it's uh, so it's growing and growing. See, if you want to see Jared drunk, you can also do uh, some good work and help some children who are going through uh, some uh, life-altering situations and the families. So just go to wsbradio.com forward slash carathon. Remember, every penny of your money benefits the patients at the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorders Center. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to be here on Thursday. Unfortunately, I've had a death in the family, and I have to go to uh, a memorial in western New York. So I will not be there on Thursday, but we got a whole deal going here. Where So Dr. Joe is going to join the other doctrinaires. That's right. And you guys will be handling the Thursday situation. <laughs> now, if – this is kind of complicated, but follow me – if on Thursday you guys raise more money than we raise together when I come back on Friday, then – oh, and I, I, I got ahead of myself there. When you call in on Thursday, if you would like one of your favorite doctrinaires to host the show in December for one show, you let the person know who your favorite doctrinaire is to do that. Now, if more money is raised on Thursday without me than on Friday with me – the doctrinaire who has been named most often as the person wanted to host the show in December will get that opportunity. That's right. <laughs> and I will have to be just a doctrinaire ah. on that show. 
They will be the host of the show. And believe me, if they're sinking, I am going to let them drown. <laughs> so that ought to be fun. So uh, remember that on Thursday, if you do call in, if there's somebody amongst the doctrinaires that would be your favorite to host the show in the future, then you let the person that you're pledging with know that name. And they are going to be equipped for that, right? We've got to make sure that all the, we have a lot of people, a lot of great volunteers on the phones, so we have to make sure that that doesn't surprise them Yes. when uh, people say, this is in Greg's name or Autumn's name or Jared's name or like, Tim's what? name. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. The, uh, the notice has been put out there to our wonderful volunteers that are working the phone bank so they know what's going on. And uh, already, what's really cool is going on on all of the Von Hessler, Von Hessler Doctrine social places, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Facebook pages. People are already talking about which doctrinaire they would like to host. So they're, they're, they're coming for you, Eric. They're coming for you. The listeners want uh, one of us to host. Well, that's the idea. <laughs> yeah, yes. Jared. They're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is that we get a good, healthy thing going here. And also, it gives people, a lot of times people like to be toward the end of these things. I don't know what it is psychologically. This gives you a reason to be right there in the very beginning. Let's raise a bunch of money on Thursday. Here's an incentive to do that. All right, what are we doing here next? Uh, I believe it was just relatable content. Is that all? Yeah, we got to relate with the audience. Exactly. Yeah, this we've is the got an author the on the phone. We're going to talk to them. Yes. Well, the way uh, I uh, discovered to, to end loneliness when you're in your 50s is uh-huh. to uh, sign you up are- for so yeah. this is uh, Dr. Stan Freeman. You are a lonelyologist. I'm a lonelyologist. Thank you for pointing that out. That is a <laughs> yeah. term that I coined, but uh, mm-hmm. I've written six books on it. Uh, in fact, my, when my first wife left me, uh, <laughs> I wrote the first book, and then my second wife left me because I was writing that book, and yeah. I had to write another book. But by now, you know, I've realized now that the best thing for me to do is just see prostitutes and write books. <laughs> It works for you. The art of- and you, of course, are the foremost expert on the science of loneliness. Yes, loneliology, loneliness, all of that together. And, and you know, being alone is okay as long as there's prostitutes. <laughs> That's basically your advice. Yes. How about the ladies? The ladies don't go so much for the prostitutes. Well, there the are male prostitutes. And, sure. Uh, you know- so you're, you're, say- you're suggesting perhaps frequent a male prostitute i would suggest that you see a man who writes a lot of books if you're into that sort of thing <laughs> maybe maybe not charge so much in that situation because you did get something from that author from the book well that's in fact you know is you, that how you're curing the loneliness of the women who read your books is that they can come meet you they can come meet me that'll be the sequel come meet me and cure your loneliness ladies <laughs> <laughs> parenthetically it's just well, called... it's great having you on. Thanks for having me. Did they say to us, um, Nick Freeman or something like that? Yeah, uh, this is relatable content. <laughs> yes. Well, there are a lot of lonely women. And, uh, yeah. and men. And well, men. Well, there's plenty, there's a of lonely, of lonely. plenty of lonely men. They have a new name for it now. I don't like that. I'm writing a book about that. Uh, <laughs> I'll be writing a lot of books, and when I get the next one going, I would love to, yeah. to come on again and, and, and talk about it. So thank well, you. I'll tell you what. You let my uh, producer, Jared Yamamoto, know when that uh, next book's coming out. And uh, after this amazing interview, hell yeah, we'll have you back. You know what? You consider yourself the lonely expert uh, on the Von Hessler doctor. Whenever we need to, when we need somebody on to talk loneliness, you are the go-to guy. I appreciate that. I'm your guy. <laughs> if you're an expert at loneliness, do, do people expect you to be lonely, or should you have overcome it and you're never lonely? Well, you can't always overcome loneliness. Sometimes you're just stuck in a lonely phase, and when you're in a lonely phase, you what have phone advice? sex lines. You know, if you're just, you know, you don't even have to have phone sex with them. You just talk to them. There's a good thing. Listen. Why is your solution for loneliness always about sex? I, I think he's going well, by his own matters? personal. It seems to be. 
it seems to be what he's found is the more sex the less loneliness i don't know if yes. that's true i mean if, but that's where he's coming from you want to meet people and engage you could go yeah. to a party or a park i don't get invited to a lot of i get author parties yeah uh, a lot of people write books and i go to those and leave my card and tell them how yeah. they can get my book but that seems like a lonely. flex if you ask me either you I know i saw you prostitutes the... <laughs> why don't we collab you and i can get okay it. yeah I saw you in the, the lobby of uh, Hampton Inn sitting there with your book. With uh, no, Nobody was talking to you. You're just sitting there. Nobody's interested in your book. And I thought, that's ironic. He's probably very lonely right now. I do get lonely when I do book tours. They're self-financed, by the way. And uh, Hampton Inn is, I try to get them as a sponsor, and they're not yeah. interested for some reason. But I do rent out the meeting rooms at the, yeah. at the Hampton Inn. Well, you get, nice. you're part of the rewards program. You get the Hampton yeah. points. Is, Hampton, it any, yes. yeah, is it any... Uh, <laughs> Is it a bit ironic to you that you would have get-togethers for lonely people? Yeah, yeah, I could see how you would say that, but so many lonely people are afraid to get out. I want to show them you don't need to be afraid to look at a website and find somebody that piques your interest and maybe save up a little bit of money. Or, you know, So you're not driving around and getting arrested by an undercover mm. police officer again. Yeah, uh, no, you, you don't want that to happen. No, these books are all about loneliness right and then you have to plead yeah. down to indecent exposure just because you your pants were on it's terrible well you're great with the life hacks and the advice for the lonely thank I you i gotta be honest with you i thinking about this i don't think that i don't think i suffer from loneliness i i get ennui from time to time and you know kind of wonder ah what's all this about you know sort of thing like like everybody does and but uh i don't think i get lonely i don't think that's in me i don't really think i get lonely maybe it's because people love me I mean, and, and people who are lonely, maybe they're doing. Maybe it's their fault. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe it's um. Maybe they're doing something that You'd is. You'd make a uh, great therapist. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, hey do better. Hey, this yeah. is the first uh, thing. I maybe you're my, the problem. Idiot. All my patients. I got. I have a mirror. Okay, look into that. What do you see? I see. A I piece see the problem. Crap. I see the problem. What do you see? <laughs> this is very blunt. But I don't know. I've never, you know, I can always call somebody to come over and hang out. I don't know. I, I think it's. Uh, well, aren't you? What, what about the other doctor there? Are you, are you lonely people? Do you find no, yourself not at lonely? All. No. Yes. I lived alone for a long time um, and it didn't bother me. Yeah, I don't think it would bother I me. I feel lonely, oh, I you... but yeah, yes. I, don't want, I don't want you to make fun of things. I'm not so making I'm not fun tell of you. Your lo- <laughs> yeah, you will. I'm not, no, I'm not going to. Well, because I'm somebody. I'm, I'm Mr. Jokester all the time. Oh, well, yes, I am. That turns out. Yeah. You'll uh, say like, oh, what's wrong with you? Ah, rub dirt on it. Put a Band-Aid on it. Let's get right. going. At least you're not in Syria. You wouldn't be lonely in Syria because you're trying to survive. That's right. You know, you George, see, I give you perspective. See, this is why I don't want to tell you. I'm <laughs> George Clark is nodding his head saying that he's lonely, too. So George I mean. Clark. <gasps> Me and George are lonely. I kind of have a crush you on hook George. up. I think you do. Can we, can we do something about this? George Clark, do you like uh, the cougar set? Um, you know, I'm not cougar. opposed to that. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a cougar. You're 40. No, You're but 40. a cougar you have two is someone kids. who's like, no, no, a cougar is, is also like an attitude. You don't, just, right. because you're over, just because you're 40 and you have kids and you're okay. single, it doesn't mean you're a cougar. Yeah. Okay, Miss It's just like Oxford. being a bear. Okay, OED. All right. It may not be the actual <laughs> definition, but no. all that really matters is what does a 29-year-old think a cougar is? Because that's the well, reality. No, Who cares what a 29-year-old From the Oxford thinks? Dictionary, well, yes. Autumn Fisher, an older woman seeking a sexual relationship Seek- with a younger man. Seeking. Seeking is the Okay. It sounds to me like you were pretty thirsty there with uh, George Clark. Oh I think that God. falls into seeking. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. Seeking. Yeah. Uh, George right. Clark, I'm always texting be... George like, oh, hey, George, this is my Hi. Would you? 
uh, would you? Uh, Whoops! Do you like this picture of me? I think my boobs showing in it too much. What do you think? <laughs> I think George would be happy with that kind of back and forth. Uh, yeah. George Clark, right? But that that would make me the cougar. <laughs> yes, George it. Clark. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She yes. doesn't want you to call her a cougar, but she will act like a cougar. Are you no, interested? You know, Autumn's beautiful and hilarious. You know, maybe Uh-oh. we meet Uh-oh. at Jared's wedding. Oh, this sounds like a letdown. Oh, cute. Well, you know, maybe we hit it off at Jared's wedding, and we'll see what happens. There you go. Okay, there you go. Yay. So you want to date. Hey, it's the new new meet on the doctor, and I got to <laughs> I know. There are so few people on the show you haven't slept with. passed over Jared, though. Come on. Uh, well, know, he was kind of, you know. He, kinda, he was sort of that Jared whole thing aren't was lovers. Yeah. Yet. Well, well, then also, too, you know, for, for most of the doctrine, I've been with the same person, too. Uh, if you think about right. since the Sunday show, really, I guess in the, the, the first year of the show, I was, uh, I was playing it up a little bit. And then, oh, yeah, and, you, were, you were playing the field. And then I met Tina, and I've dated her for almost uh, six, yeah, seven years now. It's been I'll a while. I'll be at the Hampton Inn off of Route 83 near Baltimore <laughs> if you'd like to stop by and get a book signed. You're so lonely. Maybe have you want to get snack. together with the loneliologist here. Get you a cherry Coke out of the machine. <laughs> Yeah, Cherry Coke? Wow, you're a class act, my <laughs> yeah, friend. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we'll be back. I'm so lonely. I'm Mr. Lonely. Wish I had... A rowdy group of misfits that love to have fun. It is hilarious. The jokes, the voices. The Von Hessler Doctrine. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Boy, here's a surprising story. Things have gone sideways on TikTok. <laughs> Things may not be as they seem. <laughs> I think Autumn knows about this. Uh, maybe Jared. Maybe Tim. I'm, I'm not yeah. on TikTok, so I know nothing about this. I learned about social media stuff just through my news aggregator. Uh, are, are you guys familiar with the uh, the TikTok famous pink sauce? Oh, yeah. That means it's yeah. pink sauce that was made famous on TikTok. And <laughs> yes. So I don't know. I guess uh, is it an influencer or somebody makes their own pink sauce? I think it was Chef P, right? That was yes. originally the one that put it yeah. out there. And now they're saying, don't buy it, because they, there's all kinds of label information that turns out not to be true. Well, they there's say, misspelling on the label. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, don't feel wild. good about that. FDA approved. Yeah, that'll, if you're going to have misspellings on your label, that's going in the trash. It's not going into my body. <laughs> if you can't be meticulous enough to get the verbiage down on the bottle, on the label, I'm not going to trust what's happening in whatever warehouse bathtubs this stuff is being mixed in. <laughs> It's important Bathtub to make ranch. me feel, if I'm going to eat your new product, I need to feel your competence. And so it's also like, what? So they're saying that the person's saying that ingredients that aren't in there, and they're finding out that they are in there. Yeah, they and, definitely are. She says that there's not dairy in it, and so that's why she can ship it in just a box. But then it comes to you, <laughs> it comes to you, and the bottle has exploded, you know, or puffed up yeah. so big because of the bacteria that's growing inside the bottle. Right. <laughs> Buyer beware! All right, very quickly, win two tickets to see Joe Rogan, the Sacred Clown Tour at the Fox Theater on September 30th. Be caller number 10 to 404-872-0750. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at foxtheater.org. Mm. Hour three. Of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. Oh, you hear my drink? Cocktail. Joining your, us. your Eric juice. Little morning cocktail. Let's uh, not talk about the Eric juice. Eye opener. It's <laughs> not <laughs> what it used to be. That comes later. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> yeah, we start with the drink, then we get to the juice. <laughs>
I don't want to keep Greg Russ on deck for too long, but uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B says here in this headline, canceled by TBS after seven seasons. Oh. I wish oh, her the best no. of luck. Did anybody ever actually watch this show? No. Anybody here? No, I've never seen an episode. Any, it's, to me, well, here's another one of those snarky folks from the old Daily Show. Isn't that wasn't that where she part of uh, John Stewart's Daily Show? Yeah, she was. That's where I she believe. started. And she's known as being impactful, and I'd see stories about her, and, oh, Samantha B. let so-and-so and the Republicans have it. And I'm just thinking, if it weren't for this story, wouldn't, would anybody know what she said? I, don't, I, I would love to see. we got to bring in, uh, we got to do Tech Tuesday here. But, uh, Jared, can you look up uh, the ratings for Full Frontal with Samantha B.? I don't know anybody who's ever seen the show. Let's do this. Tech Tuesday with Greg Russ. And by the way, the fact I've never seen the show, uh, perhaps she's hysterical. I just don't know. Greg Russ, have you ever seen Full Frontal with Samantha Bee? I have not. But to be fair, there are many, many shows that I have never seen. Well, that is true. Think about all the content that's out there. Mm -hmm. And a small percentage of people actually watching it. I used to think of that when I would walk into my favorite library. It was just this great sort of ornate building, and it felt like you were in a church almost. It was hallowed halls when you'd walk in. It was huge, and it was a big old building. And I just thought to myself, it would be impossible. If I, if I tried to read every book in here, I, I don't think I would get to hardly any at all before the day that I died. It would be impossible to and, read and- every book. And so I, I walk out of the library feeling like, well... What the hell? There's no chance of me being able to read them all. Why bother? It actually put me think, in a bad mood. I used to think of the books that weren't being selected or read. And as I was walking down the aisles, those books crying out, please me, me, Somebody, me. My author worked 18 years of his life and nobody <laughs> takes, nobody picks me. Nobody reads me. This was a labor of love, people. Check me out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just compounded now. You can't, you're not going to see a whole bunch of anything. But what I was saying about Samantha B is, but she did have this sort of fame as being, uh, you know, kind of a lefty comic that, uh, you know, kind of shakes her fist at the powers of B. But I just don't know anybody who really knew what, I don't know what her act is after all these years of her being on TBS. Yeah, I, found, I wish her the best of luck. I found the individual ratings for uh, February 3rd, 2022 on a Thursday night, and she was losing to everything on this night. She was a point, <laughs> point three. She lost to reruns of Grownish. Uh, Tucker Carlson killed her. Yeah. NFL uh, coverage. The NFL Network beat her. Yeah. Inside the NBA beat her. Uh, MASH. Uh, let's see. <laughs> runs of mash. Uh, Swap people had one point one. I watched that too. Too. So I mean, she got she had her butt handed to her. I guess. And I don't. Maybe she's probably a wonderful person. I'm sure. But it seemed to me that even though no one was actually watching her show, she did get this sort of credibility as uh, as as a humorist who would uh, you know, uh, like I said, hold the feet to the fire and all that. But. It just seems to have been way inflated. Like, the reason somebody should get famous for what they say is people hear what they say. Not that they're told that they're... You know what I mean? Yes. It's just kind of weird. She did have kind of a strange fame that rose above the number of people who were actually watching her. That being said, maybe she's the nicest person in the world. I don't know. It's just a little strange to me that somebody can get famous for having a show that no one watches. It's uh, tough on yeah. TBS, though. Even Conan. Looking at Conan, at the end... He was yeah. averaging 282,000 people per episode. Well, he made, a, 
he made a huge mistake going to TBS from uh, from The Tonight Show. He could have gone to Fox, and they would have created a whole late-night thing for him, and they would have pushed his show during every NFL game. You know what I mean? Like, everything. He just he chose. He would have popped up on screen in the corner. Yeah, he chose waving. to go do this <laughs> weird thing, and I guess... You can applaud him for that, I guess. He he, he chose well, if he had, if he had path. made that if he had made that choice and then done something completely different and mm-hmm. experimented, and maybe that would have failed. Then you can understand it a bit more. But it was the same show, so I don't know. Like you're saying, if you're going to do the same show, go somewhere that can promote. Yeah, or they you can promote you, you and you, where you won't get lost. <laughs> People will know where the hell you are. Out of sight, out of mind. But uh, I at least I when Conan failed on tbs i at least knew i actually knew his act and respected it i just don't know i don't think i've ever seen samantha b tell a joke but she's always been out there as kind of like mildly famous for her political ripost and then she gets things like the mark twain prize i don't know well, okay nobody's like, i guess <laughs> a woman got my prize that's insane <laughs> things have changed mr twain Are you sure about that Mr. Clemens, things have changed. All right, you have any Tech Tuesday stories, Greg Russ? Oh, I got to start some stories. This, this, uh, yeah, what, this, what did, this is too clink. This is too much. It's so it's so classy sounding though. I know because I drink my water from a glass, my dear. Ooh, not a plastic cup. All you need is a big Southern accent while you're drinking that. Oh, it is oh, hot, as I mean, hit, I, hot as a devil no, outside. You, you imagine me like in a seersucker suit on a riverboat. You know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I. Plucking away at my banjo. Powerful hot. <laughs> Enjoying a nice tall lemonade. <laughs> All, right. All right, Greg, go ahead. Uh, Elon Musk is laughing off affair rumors. Yeah. Have you heard of have you heard about the affair? That yes, was... we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but go ahead and explain it. I'd like to hear him laughing. Elon Musk. All right, <laughs> like, you got ha, the laugh? Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing off. Wild reports that he had a friendship ruining affair with Google co-founder Sergey Brin's wife. Yeah, and now, go ahead. Well, I was going to say uh, he's also insisting that he hasn't had sex in ages. So take that. Not <laughs> well, only did is- he not ruin his friendship and have an affair, he hasn't had sex in ages. And then he sent po- uh, photos of him hanging out with Sergey, and everything seems to be that would fine. appear that would be appear to solidify his position, don't you think? Hanging out um, with them, now, yes. if, if you go back to December when this was supposed to happen, there's one of those weird things that rich people do. Um, they separated but still were living in the same home in December. That's something I do not understand. I don't understand how you... Okay, officially, we're separated, but we're living in the same home. I'm not exactly sure it's a big how house. you do that. It's probably it's a, a very, very big house. large house. If you've, yes. got, if you've got the square footage, that's really yeah. no different than just living probably, outside the house. He probably needs a golf cart to get to her wing. So I can <laughs> right. understand that. So, okay. I'm sure so, he has a scooter. They have scooters in the Google uh, building where yeah. they scoot around the halls. <laughs> yeah, because they're cool. Uh, they're young at heart. Yeah, it's nothing but says I cool like a when, scooter. So, Sorry, Jared. So given, given, the fact that they were, <laughs> given the fact that they were broken up but lived in the same home in December, and this was supposed to have happened in December, and then the fact that immediately he posted a picture with him and Bryn hanging out together, uh, and if two hours an prior picture, was yeah, the picture was taken two hours prior. Yeah, so that's it. He's telling the truth. Uh, the Wall Street Journal broke this story, and Elon Musk is saying that they're doing the bidding of others to try to take him down. Because I think there was another story that was slightly scandalous that turned out to maybe not be true, and that came from the Wall Street Journal as well. So he's claiming the Wall Street Journal is targeting me, and it would appear 
that they got this one wrong. Although, you know, I think about like, you know, some just because, I mean, there have been examples in the past, like Eric Clapton and George Harrison. George Harrison was married to a woman. Eric Clapton wrote some songs about her. And so what's the Layla is about yeah. her. And, uh, and, and something is about her. So yeah. you got two different people, huge stars in the early 70s with this same, but George Harrison was married to her. Eric Clapton stole her away. And George Harrison and Eric Clapton remained lifelong friends. So it's possible that he's with Sergey and they're okay with it. Because when you have that kind of money, and you're in that sort of world, it's, uh, it's different, right? I mean, you, you allow, there are allowances made at that level that, that, are, not, that are not made at our level, I think, mm-hmm. of your behaviors, like, like rock star behaviors. If you're friends with rock stars in early 73, 74, then you're, just, you're going to give them a pass on things that you wouldn't give your brother-in-law, right? <laughs> so when you're in that world, I feel like Robert it's a Plant. possibility that the Wall Street Journal got it right and he and Bryn are still friends. Probably not a probability, but possibility. Do rock stars still wreak havoc? Someone like Ed Sheeran, do you think, after shows? Oh. Really gets <laughs> Is he a rock star? <laughs> he is. No. I think he, he uh, puts on slippers, he, kicks yeah. back, watches Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, he's probably like vegan or something, so he's very weak. <laughs> he's not able to party too much. I, I wonder if rock stars use Keller Williams. Oh, this must be time. That was a segue from my producer <laughs> and a way oh, to question. signal to Autumn Fisher. It is time for her to do one of her fantastic live reads. If you're if you're a homeowner, then I want to ask you a question. If you found your dream home, would you sell your current home? Well, if you answered yes, you should call my trusted realtor and all-around great lady, Lindy Moore, with Empower Home Team from Keller Williams Realty First Atlanta. Selling your current home in the Atlanta area and finding your dream home can be tricky in this market, and it's full of contingencies and hassles. And sure, you could sell your home for top dollar, but where are you going to move? And that's why you should call Lindy Moore. She's an expert at finding the listed and unlisted properties that no one else has, just like she did for Adam and Decatur and Wayne and Lisa in Milton. And here's the best part. Lindy will guarantee to sell your home at your agreed to price and time frame, or she'll buy it. And that's guaranteed in writing. So buying your dream home and selling your current home could start today by calling Lindy Moore with the Empower Home Team at 833-403-SOLD. That's 833-403-SOLD. Or visit lindyhasthebuyers.com. That's lindyhasthebuyers.com. Congratulations to Stephen Farmer of Kennesaw. Won two tickets to see Joe Rogan on the Sacred Clown Tour Mm. at the Fox Theater. Thank you, Joe. On September 30th, tickets will go on sale for the uh, general public this Friday at 10 a.m. at foxtheater.org. And Autumn just told me a story she heard about Mick Jagger, who turned 79 today, that I do not believe. But we won't dwell on that just this moment. We will. uh, She claims that uh, he found, uh, I'm going to paraphrase what you said, Tim, a knight in shining armor to come to his urinal rescue. And I do not... (laughs) believe that story i don't know why i don't believe it it just seems too fantastical to me but greg russ you are not here to debate whether or not uh, this mick jagger enjoys that kind of funny business in his sex you're here because <laughs> it's tech tuesday does it ground him in your mind this story does it take him off that cloud and put him on the same level as you is that why you don't like the story 
Well, yeah. I, well, it doesn't, it's not the same level as me because it's a I bit think if like you, a if dehumanizing. You, I, instead I of don't grounding. know. I just I just don't think it's real. It sounds like a, a made up story about a celebrity, but it doesn't make him more like me because, as you know, there is a firewall between uh, my bathroom habits and uh, my lust. There's Where a firewall. The two Where? do not come together. Where did this story come from? Because I did a search on Mick Jagger urinal, and all I got was a urinal shaped like the Rolling Stones' lips. <laughs> <laughs> now well, that, that was worth it. Then is when you are a big fan, <laughs> and that is really—I don't—I don't know if that's an homage or if it's disgusting. I love this band so much that every time I unzip, I'm reminded <laughs> that I love this band. What do you have from Tech Tuesday? Democrats are fuming. <gasps> fuming. That fuming. means like a cartoon where like uh, the face goes red and the steam comes out the ears. Steam ah! is coming out. Smoke. Yes. Yeah. yeah all yeah, of yeah. that. What are they fuming about? The whistle is blowing when the steam's coming out of their ears. They're fuming at Disney's Hulu for blocking ads on abortion and guns and January 6th. So they're trying to run advertisements for the upcoming election and the streaming service, which is not... Uh, beholden to the Communications Act of 1934, which is equal access to the airwaves. Which we are. We are beholden to that 1934 archaic An archaic archaic broadcast station. (laughs) But this new digital realm, you don't have to follow that. And Disney has a policy of uh, not running content deemed controversial. Well, listen, if they apply it both ways, if, uh, if, if they're saying no to Republican campaign things and themes, that as long as it's applied both ways, I think it's fine. I, I think that it's a, probably a good thing for Hulu. I think people would love to be able to go to certain places and just not have politics there. It's not as if, look, you, this society is so politicized everywhere, everything, all the time. That if Hulu does this correctly, which means you say no to both sides in these situations, then I think that they might, it might be very smart in terms of keeping an audience. I think an audience wants to be anywhere just every once in a while where politics isn't present. You're right. It's, yeah, it, it's very hard to get away these days. Before, your life was the escape and there were a few outlets that could bring you the political news. And you, so you go to those. But now it's just everywhere. And going to Hulu would be a nice escape. It's like, I want to get away from this. And it yeah. is very difficult to get away but from But when it. you have original content like The Handmaid's Tale, shouldn't you get like abortion stuff, you know, like, like during right. that during that type of program? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. A, well, that's the problem. That's, I mean, it, it's impossible really to have content these days that doesn't have all of this politics infused in it to right, begin with. seriously. But I guess they're assuming you're already fans of The uh, Handmaid's Tale if you're there, which I've still never seen <laughs> then you don't one need single the episode. What? I haven't either. I haven't either. Uh, uh, Tim, did you watch it? You're a big pop culture guy. Did you watch Handmaid's Tale? I don't know my wife. Oh, yeah, it. I watch it with my wife because she likes the show, yeah. Is it still going on? Yeah, there's Are another season. still oppressing these women in the future or the past or wherever? <laughs> I read the book in the 80s and saw the original movie, and I enjoyed it because it was an interesting story about a dystopian future. The series takes all the events, so-called uh, modern events, and weaves them into the narrative, yeah. and it's terrible. That's uh, that's the problem with all these shows. Everything is uh, everything is as fresh as today's headlines. And uh, who the hell wants that in their entertainment? <laughs> I want to get away from the freshness of today's headlines. All right, Greg Russ, uh, you can stick. You can you can bolt. You can do whatever you like, my friend. 
But the Tech Tuesday segment of the show is officially over. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I guess I'm okay with that. Stick around if you want. So this Jared Yamamoto told me that there's breaking news. I don't know how newsworthy it is. Sometimes he overreacts to things that come over the old transom. (laughs) This morning he was like, oh, this is fantastic. He found out that somebody named Atlanta the best destination city in America. Oh, this is a big deal. That's uh, Lonely Planet. Who did it? Anyone can do that. Atlanta's yeah. the best destination city in the world. There, I named it. Does it mean anything? No. Yeah. Lonely yeah, Planet. But he was so excited. Go, oh, guys, look at this. We're, we were the number one city in the United States on their list. And, what are and you, a number, cheerleader? And, and number four city overall on the, in the world, according but, okay, to their but list. Where's in the that world? Like, in the, in the world. world. Uh, Paris. Yeah, what do they that. say? Like, go to the Coke Museum. <laughs> Check out our grocery store parking lots filled with chicken bones. Oh, it's, it's, Atlanta holds us. <laughs> Look, Atlanta, you go wrong. see the Murder Kroger. Is that what they go? Oh, I love the Murder Kroger. Love, is gone. It's called Beltline Kroger. No, and it's still it's there. not gone. And, it's still I the love. Kroger. All right, all right, all right. I uh, <laughs> I love the city of Atlanta. So do I. I just found I just found your your pep ralliness just to be kind of weird to me, as if you were named the fourth best <laughs> citizen to meet in the world. I have Atlanta but, pride. Thank you very much. There's you nothing do. wrong with that at all. You know, it doesn't I say, love I the don't city see... of Atlanta, but if I saw that, I'd be like, okay, it's just another hokey thing where they're trying to sell something. The and sky is to re- clouds. <laughs> the sky is to clouds as Atlanta is to Jared. Oh, there Why, you go. What, what wow. is your breaking news? Uh, the breaking news that I saw on Twitter here, uh, Russia will opt out of the International Space Station after 2024 to build its own outpost. Well, because and uh, this is something, again, while we, we just have the worst press corps in the history of press corps, there are so many things going on right now that are going to affect the future and that we will be talking about in the future, not because we want to, because we have to, but we are ignoring it. I'll bet most people in their 20s or 30s, if you just went by out, the, the way that things are covered, in the 24-hour news cycle would think, basically, there's one space station. It's an international space station. We're the big kahuna, and that's about it. It's not true. The Chinese are about two-thirds of the way through building theirs. Russia is now pulling out, and they're going to build theirs. And let me tell you what's going to happen. This is, uh, there's going to be a lot of gobbledygook and a lot of scientific talk, but this is all about the next step for the militarization of this planet, except it's going to come from above this planet. And since it's inevitable that it's going to happen, it would be nice if some sort of conversation about it could start up before we look up and go, oh, wow, we didn't notice that going on. We had one. There's a space force now. Yeah, well, and we could zip around and knock out the other uh, the other space stations if we have to. But you know what? Look at how ridiculed that was. But the truth is that this is nations do not go into space. They are not going to hover above the Earth for purely benign reasons, so in order to progress mankind forward or anything along those lines. We are heading toward at some point laser beams from space and it should be something that we talk about and what's happening we are being pushed into a new cold war that's why we need to figure this stuff out on earth before everybody inevitably gets into space because we're just going to take our problems up there 
And if you think it's easy to sit back and kill somebody from 2,000 miles away uh, just doing a video game drone because you have no connection, wait until you're firing from outer space or you know, lower space. And this is a real thing. This is not conspiracies. And when you look at the foolish nature of the things that NATO has been doing for the last 15 or 20 years, we are being pushed. And, that, I don't, and, and the people they're doing it to are just as terrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anybody's side. But uh, the, we are being pushed into a new Cold War by all the wonderfully, the, the people who are smarter than all the rest of us <laughs> in the diplomatic corps. I'm talking about the people who are so much smarter than we are that they understand why we need constant war in order to not have war. That's how smart you have to be. These are the people who are going into space. We are not talking about anything that is going to be so important in the future. And this is the beginning of it. This is the, this is a, look at what NATO is doing. I mean, I can't find anything. Look, I don't like Putin. I don't like anybody. There's no leaders on the planet that I like, but I, can, I find it difficult. Somebody tell me one good thing about NATO. What is the good thing? What is the thing that we're getting out of the actions of NATO? And by the way, let me remind everybody listening, you and I are not citizens of NATO. So if we disagree with NATO, no matter what the dummies say, we are, it's not possible to be treasonous. It's not possible to be a traitor to NATO because you and I are not citizens of NATO. NATO is an organization that the country that you and I are citizens of are a part of. That makes it totally different. Don't buy into this notion that you have to be patriotic to NATO. And then after you realize that, sit down and think a while and ask yourself, what in the hell are these people doing to make this a safer planet? And if you come up with something, hit the open mic, because I can't think of anything. The smarty pants people are pushing us to Cold War all over again, and now it's going to be pushed up into space. And we're going to talk about more and more stories, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, Trump skipped his taxes in the 90s. Whatever it is that we foolishly look at as being the most important thing. If you think China and Russia and the United States are all up there in low Earth orbit because all they care about is the progress <laughs> of science, then, you know, come on, you're not that dumb. And it's happening, and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about what's going on in the Arctic. And this, this is stuff, it's like nobody was talking about Ukraine. Most people in the United States think that war started in February, but that was the seventh year of that war. And your tax money had been involved in that war since about 2017 or so. But people have no idea. So you will, if you live long enough, you will be talking about the conflict that is coming in, in the Arctic. But you're not going to hear about it until, I don't know, a month before the S hits the fan. But it's happening right now. It's happening right now. And the, the powers that be on this planet, for their own purposes on both sides, are pushing us into another Cold War. And no one is talking about it. It kind of drives me crazy until I take a couple of gummies and just say, well, you know, no one else is going to think about it. I guess I shouldn't think about it. But it's amazing it's that the just, gummies allow you to do that. And if I took the gummies, I'd think about it more. Yeah, you'd and obsess. I'd, I'd, I would do that, yes, too. Yes, I'd sink into it and I'd freak out. Well, it, that can happen. That's why you, gotta, you don't want to, you know, take a half a gummy, see where you are. <laughs> the ear of a gummy. The, the paranoia level. <laughs> 
But I'm telling you, you can look back in 10 years at Von Hessler. He was right. He was talking about it before anybody else. Keep turning over the, the future of the world to these maniacal diplomats who have no connection to you or me and have no idea that uh, a safe world is a world without war, not more war. A rowdy group of misfits that love to have fun. It is hilarious. The jokes, the voices. The Von Hessler Doctrine. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. My surprise, surprise. Most Americans think government is corrupt. Huh? (laughs) Where would that come from? (laughs) No way. Trustworthy. Certainly inept. When I think of ethics, I think of the U.S. Capitol. That's that's the image in my mind. When I think of ethics, I think of just the average politician in America. (laughs) (laughs) Ethical giants. Well, here's a... I think that corruption is a big word, and I think it it comes out of... uh, bad governance to begin with and then government talking to them from out of both sides of their mouth uh here's an example so you have should we go with biden first or with burks first let's go with burks so deborah burks that's her name right yes she was dr burks she was the one with the uh with the scarves and stuff that would be next to fauci at the beginning of this whole thing am i right that's right Okay, so this is her from a couple of days ago talking about the efficacy of of the vaccine and, and, and how good it is at actually preventing illness. Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through this wave during that law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. I knew what was that? What was that again? I, you can't. That was replay. so confusing. Uh, but she says, let's just focus on the part where she says, "I knew that these vaccines would not be that good." And I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, and I'm, I can't play it again because we have to play the first. She 20 said, "Protecting um, from infection." Yeah. Now let's go back to the president of the United States. I believe this was last year at a town hall, maybe later in the year, and what he said. The the various shots that people are getting now cover that they're they're you're okay you're not gonna you're not gonna get covid if you have these vaccinations yeah and so but the, burks is saying i knew i knew isn't tomorrow it's yesterday so when i knew i think covers when the president was saying that and if you want to know why people they say corruption i think sometimes uh, people just kind of wind it all up. That it's it's uh, being inept. It's uh, lying all the time, speaking out of both sides of your mouth, always giving the spin of the day, even when it doesn't add up to what you said last week. Everything about politics is today. When today? Who cares about last week? Well, people do notice after a while. Another thing I don't like about this. So it says most Americans think government is corrupt. And then this whole notion, a third say, armed revolution may be necessary soon. I don't, I do not believe these stories that show up in the news aggregators. I think that the people who hate Trump are in love with some element that will make stories like, we have to have an armed revolution. Well, you know what? That's not going to happen. Good luck, buddy. Good luck. Do you have an Air Force? Do you, do you have tanks? Do you, good luck being somebody in Kansas who decides to take on the United States military. It is the most absurd thing. And I really feel like it's coming from uh, 
maybe the people who uh, are the anti-Trumpers or something, they want everyone to believe that anybody who voted for Trump is this close to armed revolution. Well, I'm just saying, hey, look, I don't believe that. I don't believe that's true. I don't think anything like any kind of majority of people, anything even close to 10% of people are thinking, yeah, I'm going to take up arms and fight the United States government. That is absurd. <laughs> And, and these notions just keep, uh, we're almost at a civil war. Really, in this latte culture that we have, you really think, do you know what a civil war is? Do you know the commitment that that takes? You have to create your own. It's absurd. And again, this goes back to not trusting the government, not trusting the media. The media is playing up these ideas. Somebody that was talking to the January 6th bunch said something like, we were just, we were this close to an armed revolution. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Show me your air force. Show me your tanks. Show me your armed drones. And I might take your ideas of taking up arms. It's absurd. It's scare tactics. It's idiotic. Are there lunatics? Absolutely. Are they a majority? Not even close. Not even close. I, every time I see one of these stories, well, we, we're going to have an armed revolution. Really? <laughs> Does anybody really believe that? I like your anybody, idea. I like ahead, your man. idea of a latte revolution. There, you know, you'd have the cold yeah. brew people versus the hot <laughs> coffee people. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that would that would be an honest war because people fight yeah. about that all the time. I'm, I'm a hot coffee fight. person yeah. who puts ice in it to make it a cold oh, brew. I'm, oh. I'm not into this. Oh, yeah. special brewing like, process. Get off the, the mixing fence. of the coffees. That's wrong. <laughs> that is wrong. Stay in your lane. Flat. But I mean, my, my point, cold brew. My point to people is <laughs> don't buy into this nonsense. We are not close to an arm. We're not close to an arm revolution. That is nonsense. It's more fear porn. That is out there. We're a 50-50 country that disagrees on a lot of things culturally. And the, most, the ones that are most pressing are the cultural things that we, don't, that we disagree about. And then the politics comes in after that. And that's real. But there are not a large number of citizens ready to revolt. The American people has been proven time and time again are not revolutionaries. They like stability. The problem is we've been dealing with 20 years of horrible governance, and so things are chaotic. But you disregard these stupid stories. We're not going to fight each other in the streets. It's not happening. All right, that's a kind of an optimistic way to end the show, don't you think? Yeah. There is no... <laughs> However, you know, I am right about, uh, you know, the next space stations shooting lasers at us <laughs> in the next 25 years. That's a real thing. All right, we're done. No Podcast 30 today, right? That's right. All right, you guys will be back tomorrow. I'll be back for an hour tomorrow, then Thursday and Friday, the Carathon. I'll talk to you. They, this show will talk to you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Until then, continue on your journey. Do not piss off the genie. Thanks for listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine podcast. Remember, you can hear the show every weekday from 9 to noon right here on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk.